Welcome back to Watch Time. I'm Bill Barona. And I'm Kathy Taylor. Yes, that's right. I changed my name. I got married over COVID. I was one of those brides, but we had a wonderful backyard wedding and thus my new name. Um, so we're, we're really excited to be back. We know it's been a little bit. Obviously, a lot has happened. Um, but we know that everybody has been really excited about this topic of why is video so expensive. And we're sorry to have kept you waiting so long. But um, based on the number of downloads we've seen, this is something that people really want to hear more about. So we are happy to finally give you part two. I didn't mean to go all, um, you know, network television on you during COVID that abruptly ended their, their <laughs> seasons and cliffhangers and nobody knew what happened. But uh, we definitely are excited to be back. We have gotten very, very busy during this pandemic. Um, we're very fortunate that we were not really an industry that was, you know, hugely impacted. And a lot of people have really been wanting us to come and shoot videos for them, whether that be remote videos or on site. So we got really tied up and we had to kind of put the podcast on hold. But like Kathy said, we're back and we have some great content planned for you coming up. We have some new episodes we're going to discuss, you know, some upcoming things that we believe are happening with uh, video in 2021. We're going to be interviewing some great people from different marketing um, agencies and different marketing aspects like of their career and like how that's going to apply to you. So you know, make sure you continue to subscribe and stick around. We definitely have some fun stuff planned for you. And then without further ado, we will go ahead and drop what is part two of this. Why is video so expensive? So here you go. Enjoy. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional with Flex Media's Kathy Taylor and Bill Barona. Now, production, going into that, it can kind of go either way. Like you could have a, you know, two-person production team, which I will tell you for us at Flex Media, I always bill out for a two-person production team, mainly because, you know, myself, like being, say I'm the main video producer um, on site, like the videographer, producer, and, you know, everything, um, I need a grip. I at least need somebody who can help me move stuff around, maybe help me grab some additional shots. I prefer a grip that knows how to use a camera, mainly because it, it's helpful because sometimes I'm working with a client doing an interview and I can ask that grip, hey, can you go grab a couple shots for me? Great experience for them. And then also they're helping me move stuff around. So we always have at least have a two-person team at that point. Now, depending on the scope of the project, there are times that we need a three-person team, which is usually you know, myself, um, a grip, and then Kathy. And Kathy's there to, if it's a bigger production, make sure that we are checking off all the shots, making sure that, you know, if we have an interview, she's the one interviewing people, um, keeping us on task. Because my goal as the videographer is to focus on the camera. And Kathy's goal as the producer is to make sure that we are basically fulfilling the vision. And also like working with other, you know, the client and then other people like the grip to make sure that we're effectively, you know, using our time going place to place to get everything we need. So that's a whole other thing that you want to start thinking about. So really what goes into the production process, depending on, you know, the complexity of your video is, you know, multiple people, um, multiple cameras, if it's a bigger production, 
Um, you need to have, you know, audio. So, you know, is this something where I can record the audio or do I need an audio engineer? You know, somebody who's an audio guy that can understand, you know, they're going to record independent audio. A lot of times for our shoots, we do it ourselves, but there are times that you need that person. Um, uh, somebody that's a gaffer. So we don't, I can honestly say that I don't think we've used a gaffer maybe once actually we might've used a gaffer, but like we don't typically use a gaffer. I do all of our lighting and then also our other videographer Val. Um, she's really good at lighting. She's, you know, going to film school and that she's been on a past episode. So she does that stuff like that. So we haven't needed a gaffer, but that's something that some people need, you know, your production's big enough. You need to have somebody who's dedicated just to the lighting, you know, depending on what you're trying to do. Just to back up a little bit, because, you know, I coming, coming into the video world, some of these terms were not familiar to me. And so, so just to make sure we're clear, the grip, first of all, again, they're, they're assisting you in moving equipment around. And yes. some people don't understand how much equipment we're really going to have. Um, you know, like it sounds, it sounds kind of simplistic sometimes like, oh, can't you just get anybody to help you move the equipment around? No, because the thing is they need to know how to set it up correctly. Yeah. Because even if someone else is just helping you literally move that bag, like you still need to set it up and that takes time and that's going to cost you money. And also, like you said, you know, what if you need a couple additional shots, somebody that knows how to work the camera, that's just not having an extra body. It's having like an extra skilled person that knows how to assist you in, you know, what you're doing. And then the gaffer. So is somebody who does the lighting. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not, I've learned this too. It's not something just as simple as like, okay, turning on a light. Like your lighting, again, can really affect the editing, the post-production. Yes. So if you don't get the lighting right, again, that could cost you money on the post-production side. Oh yeah, and it could cost you a reshoot, realistically, if it's not done correctly. And I mean, so I can tell you like, so everyone listening, today I shot a product video and it was a half-day shoot and... Um, the, we actually worked with a marketing company. They hired us out. So they actually produced the script. Um, we basically came in as a video production team and put this together. Um, that's why Kathy was not there, but, um, typically Kathy is on most of our shoots. So I, when I said earlier, I'm like, you know, a three person team, I like today I had a two person team because of that. But like, typically if we're not working with a, a marketing company, Kathy's always there. And, um, so going back to this, like, Basically, we had two cameras. We had the, myself as the main videographer, we had a uh, grip slash videographer um, who's actually a, a newer videographer with us. So she was running a camera. I was running a camera. We had a light kit um, that came with us. So we lit everything. So we didn't need a gaffer. Um, audio wise, we were fine. We didn't have to record any audio. Um, but we also had, I bring a kit with me that has a slider cause we had to get nice product shots. So we use a slider. Um, I brought a gimbal with us cause we needed to have a gimbal. What's a gimbal? Uh, oh, so a gimbal is basically like a, uh, it's a, a device that has gyroscopes and it holds the camera and it keeps the camera steady. What's so a gyroscope? I can, <laughs> that I don't know. I don't really know how to explain that. Basically um, I, I look at it. It's like, it's, it's a handheld camera that will keep the camera stable as you move along right yeah it's, it's basically what it does is there's there's three axes on this thing and um you've probably seen people with them like walking around with their phones because it's very common to see like phones have them and these three axes basically makes it so as you move the camera stays steady mm -hmm. um so we use that and then um basically outside of that we also brought a drone 
and uh, we will fly our drone inside. We have a small drone, so we were able to get some drone shots. Um, I did bring audio gear just in case, because you never know. You always have a client that'll say, oh, hey, you know what? So-and-so is here today, and they're never here, so let's just grab an interview with them real quick, and we'll use it later and just bill me for it. So I bring my audio gear. Um, I brought an external monitor for myself and our other shooter. So we had two monitors because it's important to have a nice big monitor so you can see everything that's going on. See, you know, I check my scopes um, without going into too much detail. Basically, there are scopes that I have to look at to make sure that the color is correct. And I like to have my monitor because my monitor has those scopes. So I have the ability to make sure our color is correct. It saves time in post-production. So this is all stuff that I brought in on a cart. Um, we have a decent sized cart. It's probably three feet long by a foot and a half wide. And I pile everything up and I strap it down and we walk it in. So this is everything that we needed to shoot a two to four minute product video for a client. So there's a lot of gear that goes into a two person shoot that people don't realize. And I mean, I had a client a couple weeks ago that we we went there to basically shoot some YouTube videos. And she was like, I had no idea it was going to be this big of a production. And I'm like, well, you know, we, we had to have lighting. We had to have the camera. We had to have audio. So those are all things that you really have to think about when you call a production team out, even a small team, even a one person team, I can guarantee you that a one, like a one man band videographer is at least coming out with a camera, a tripod, a light kit, audio of some kind, whether it's, you know, wireless microphones or a mixer, they're coming out with something to capture your audio. And then they're probably still bringing some little things in their bag, like that slider that I mentioned, which basically allows the camera to move back and forth. Um, ours is motorized, so I don't have to actually touch it. So this way it keeps it even stable, like uh, more stable, I guess, than like if I was to do it by hand. Um, the gimbal, like I mentioned, drone. You know, most videographers have these things in their toolkits. Now they're kind of expected for us to have them. So these are things. So this is all going into a one to two person team. Now, I will say we have a shoot actually tomorrow from when we are filming this now, which is going to be a four person team, I believe. This is, this is, a, this is a full force one. And yeah. um, for, for us, it'll be a bigger shoot. And um, yeah, so we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna all be part of it. Um, but just to, just to backtrack a little bit, um, just so we can, you know, make sure things are clear. And again, not mm -hmm. to like complain because I know every business has costs. Everybody has overhead, but video gear is not cheap. And, you know, like, and we don't buy the most expensive gear either. We really try, you know, Bill does an awesome job about really picking out what we need and, and what we can sell, like when, you know, to replace older equipment. So we try to be very cost effective about it. Again, mm -hmm. doing things where you don't need the fanciest camera, getting good lighting and other things. So, you know, we don't buy the most expensive pieces of equipment, but, but those are some of the overhead costs that people don't realize. And also, again, not to go back too far, but, but I think another common question we'll get is like, well, why do we need more than one videographer? Why, you know, what, what's the difference between one camera and two? And I think that, you know, a, that's, that's really depending on, you know, when you see shots and you see people from like one angle and then you see them from another angle, that's something you might not always think about. It's something that's mm -hmm. easy to take for granted if you're not in the video world. But if you want, you know, a, something that's not a static image and just like one shot the whole time, like that's when you're going to need more than one videographer. Well, one thing to think about too, I always tell clients when they ask me like, why do I, why do we want two cameras? And I go, well, you're hiring me because time is money. 
And they go, essentially, you're hiring me because you don't have the time to do this and time is money and you'd rather pay me. Well, would you rather have me out here fumbling around for eight hours or would you rather have me out here for four hours with the second person? This way we can get everything done. We're out of your here. You have another four hours for the day where you can do whichever you got, is you got to do. Yes, because even if that's a good point, even if you're not doing the same shot, maybe somebody's, you know, getting a shot of the product in use and then someone else is like, you know, like tomorrow we're going to do this. We're going to film somebody actually, you know, making a recipe. And then mm-hmm. after that recipe is done, while we fill, film the next recipe, somebody else is going and getting like shots of what we made. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's multitasking and, and getting things done in a shorter amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's really what it comes down to is it's like, we're just trying to save our clients time. I mean, you pay for it either way, but even mm-hmm. for us as a production company, like if we can get out of there four hours early and say it's a half day shoot. Now I have a half day, you know, to go back and maybe start editing, or maybe I can go run to another client meeting and you know talk about an upcoming video, or maybe I can go and shoot another video depending on what, you know, it needs to be done. And I've done that where I've done multiple shoots in one day, things were just spaced out. I like to give myself a couple hours in between just because you never know if something's going to run over and you don't want to be late to another shoot. So it really allows us to kind of like use our time creatively as well as helping the business owner. So that's something to really think about. Um, One thing I will say, you know, to Kathy's point, you know, equipment is not cheap. Um, I would say that like even your, your, college videographer that you're going to hire, they're probably at least investing um, somewhere around at least two grand, maybe more into their camera. So, I mean, when you're talking about like, you know, hiring a college student and you go, well, they're super cheap. Well, they probably invested at least two grand into the camera, like I said. And then if you look at the lighting, if they have lighting, some do, some don't, you know, audio, things like that. I mean, total, their entire little video package is probably costing them around four or $5,000. So they need to make that back, you know, and, and it's not like you make it back in a couple of jobs and you're good. Like you have to make it back over time because you still have to pay yourself. Some people have loans. Like we, um, for example, like going, before we go into post-production, I will say um, like we lease our computer because we have a like eight to $10,000 iMac pro that we needed um, somewhere in there. And we couldn't really just buy one outright because at the time when we started the business, we didn't have that money. So we decided to lease it and we have it for another year and then we send it back. And then at that point, if we have enough money to buy a computer outright, we will, if we can't, then we'll lease something else. So it's all budget, you know, that you have to look at, but that's something to consider. And we need that computer because, you know, some of our, our clients require like higher quality footage. So we're shooting in 4k, we're shooting in, you know, um, raw. So there's a lot of things that we're doing. And I know those are like, if you're listening, you're probably like, oh my gosh, what is 4k and raw? But basically They're really, really like high resolution <laughs> files that take a long time to process, but they look the really right good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. They look great, but, but you got to have a machine to process all that. Yes. And that's the thing. And like at that point, you know, where that gets to be tricky is before we bought that computer, we were shooting in 4K and we had clients that basically were like, oh, we love the video, but we want you to make one little edit, you know, our, our name, you know, this is our name, it's perfect, like in our little over third, but our title is actually this, it's not that. And let's say I grabbed their title off LinkedIn, because that, that's usually what I do. I go to LinkedIn, I look for their title, that's their official title normally, and I throw it on there. But that might not be what they want to be called. So now they're, you know, 
four minute video, when I go back to export it on my laptop, which was not as great a quality as our current computer, um, it would take for a four minute video in 4K, it was taking like an hour and a half to export. So now you have to wait an extra hour and a half for me to actually export your video. And you know, hopefully you don't have another change because now it's another hour and a half. And that's just not acceptable for our clients. So we invested in a high quality computer. So when you want a change made, if it's you know a four minute 4K video, I click export and boom. You know, in four minutes, your video's out and I can send it over to you. So I guess that kind of gets us into post-production. Um, but I did want to mention with production. So like pricing wise, give you like a rough idea. Um, if I come out by myself um, with a grip, um, you're probably looking at at least for a half a day shoot, you're probably looking at around $700. Um, that's just a half a day shoot with me with one other person. When you start talking about a team of people for a half a day, I mean, you're probably looking at anywhere from $1,000 to $1,800. And that's like a team of like three to four people. Um, and now you can imagine if you take that, say, thousand dollars for a half a day and you double it because now you're doing a full day you're looking at you know two thousand dollars or if it's 1800 you're looking at what 3200 so now take the 3200 and then take the higher amount for the pre-production which is probably around what do we quote that out at 600 yes yeah, so let's say so we were at 3200 plus 600 plus what do we have for the strategy? Like um, 800? 800. Yeah. Kathy's using her calculator because that's faster <laughs> than me trying to figure this out. So you're at about 4,600. Okay. So 4,600 for this high-end homepage explainer video, if that's helpful. Okay. So jumping into post-production, you know, one of the things with this is really, this is kind of like another part of the process where I feel like the client doesn't really see what's going on. I mean, you know, for everyone listening, as the client, you're probably, if you have hired a video producer before, you've probably seen production. Everybody does. And they're like, oh my gosh, they came out with all this gear. Some people come out with way more gear than they need. Some people come out with no gear at all. But like post-production, in my opinion, is like one of the harder parts of this job. I really think it is. And um, it doesn't get to be seen by the client. It used to be like back in the day when, um, you know, video wasn't so much on the internet and broadcast was very prevalent you know, you would call a client into your office to edit with them. So you would see post-production. That's really not something that happens today. So talking about what goes into this, you know, imagine this. If I spend four hours on location recording video, I have to go through all of that video on my own time. So even though I was there to shoot it, I still have to go through it and basically pick out the stuff that I need. So let's say, for example, you, you know, hire somebody to come out and do a testimonial video and your testimony, like actual, like, like person is going through their testimonial for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. Well, now I have to watch 30 minutes of footage and cut out, you know, Kathy, basically, if she's interviewing and basically just have the person that is being interviewed, their answers. Now, this is a higher end project where it requires a lot of precision. At that point, I send that to Kathy. And Kathy will watch all of the answers and she will make notes for me and say, we want this, we want this, we want this and start off with this clip and then that clip and then go to that clip and this clip. And then I basically assemble it that way. That's just the raw interview. 
Now, from there, I have to take B-roll footage and start to cover that. So now I have to go through all my footage, like I was saying before. So all the different shots I have, I have to start categorizing them because I need to know where everything is. I don't want to not have a shot that, you know, might work out because that's happened before where I've gone on location. I've had a client that goes, I really want this shot in the video. We shoot it. And then I forget to put it in because I didn't go through everything. So I have to go through everything. So we charge for that. And that's just to make sure it looks the way it's supposed to. So now we've assembled everything, the B-roll over the, and the basically, so everybody knows A-roll and B-roll, because I get this question a lot. Your A-roll is basically your interview or, you know, the, uh, the person who's driving the content. And then your B-roll is the footage that covers it. And the whole reason that is, is because, you know, back when you used to edit um, basically reel to reel, you had your um, A-roll was, is your interview. And then you would just like, cut to your B-roll. So you were basically fading back and forth between A and B. You had a switcher and you'd go, okay, person's talking, you're on your A-roll. Okay, we need that shot of this person doing X, Y, Z, cut to B, B-roll. Um, there's more detail to that. That's the most simplified version I can give you, but that's the difference between A-roll and B-roll. So when you talk to a videographer and they go, we have to cover this with B-roll, that's what they're talking about. So now we've covered that with B-roll. We have it kind of laid out. Kathy then watches it again, gives me notes, make sure that we're on the same page, everything looks good. And then after that's done, now I have to pick out music. So I go and I look for uh, royalty-free music, which is a subscription that we have. So that's one thing we have to pay for additionally on top of our editor. And then after we do that, we get usually have your logos and things like that. So we have to build graphics. So name lower thirds, you know, a a uh, closing graphic with a call to action, some type of intro graphic, or maybe some type of graphic towards the beginning. Maybe you want call outs in your video. You know, I want this pointed out or that pointed out, or, you know, I, this is our headquarters. I want to say, you know, company ABC headquarters. So now we put that in there. Uh, maybe you want some type of cool open. We get that a lot of times, like we'll do a hook and then they want an open and um, we'll build our own open. Sometimes we use a, um, a, platform called Envato Elements or Storyblocks, which is basically a stock website where we can basically take opens that we, we pay a subscription for that as well. We take these opens and we can build our own open off of it. So they kind of like start it for us. I mean, it's, it's completed, but we kind of make it our own and make it, you know, your company colors, your brand, things like that. And we basically build it out that way. Um, there has been times where I've had to build custom opens because you know, something didn't work from a stock site. And that that's kind of like, when you're going into this, you don't know how this is going to work out. So essentially I charge the same amount, whether I build it or we get it from a stock site. And my way of looking at it is if I was going to purchase that stock element, you'd have to pay for it either way. So it kind of evens itself out at the end of the day. So now we've done all of that. And that video is pretty much complete. And I now send it to you. We use a platform called Whipster. And uh, Whipster IO, and that's something else we pay for. It's another subscription. We have tons of subscriptions. Um, it amazes me. I have to go through and on QuickBooks every month and categorize all of them. And I'm blown away by how many subscriptions we have. Um, and so I send that to you. You can look at it. And with Whipster, what's unique is um, anybody on your team can look at it. So if you share the link with them, their name goes in there. And everybody has the ability to click on the video and leave a comment. So anywhere you want to change made on the video, you click on it, leave a comment, and then I can open it up in my editor and I can actually see your comments in my editor. 
so I can make those changes for you. So we automatically factor in two rounds of revisions for our clients because, you know, typically within two rounds, we can get it fine-tuned to what you're looking for. So that's factored in post-production as well. And so I'll send it to you. You make your changes. You send it back. I make those changes. I send it to you again. You get to make one more round of changes. I send it back. That's your final version. Anything outside of that, um, we basically charge a fee to make changes. Um, we let the clients know that up front. This way there's no surprises because we don't want them to go, well, why, you know, why are we getting charged all of a sudden? So we let you know up front. So um, that's really the post-production process. Now, um, there is a little bit more involved that I kind of left out and shame on me because I should bring this up. Um, I basically said that, you know, we edit everything together and, you know, the B-roll, the A-roll, the music and the elements and we're good to go. So there are two parts of post-production that most people don't talk about that are very, very, very important. So part number one is color correction. So basically what I do is um, not that my color is off because I do, like I told you, I have the monitor that makes it so my, my post-production is a little bit easier. But what I do is I actually go through and I make sure as we move around, color changes. There's different light. So if I shoot something in one side of your facility and something on the other side, the light's different. The colors change. You know, I try and keep them the same, but they still change. You know, your interview is going to look different than something in your plant or your facility because, you know, your interview, we've lit all of that. We control all of that light. That's something we light, you know, from the ground up. Multi, you know, at least three-point lighting, things like that. So I can control the colors and everything going on. But inside your facility, I have, a, I have some lighting with me, but there's other, you know, external factors, the lighting that already exists, if there's a window present. So this changes everything. So I have to go through every single clip and make sure everything is the correct color and everything lines up. And then I go back and I grade everything. So I give everything one unique look that fits your brand. So that's basically me going back after I've color corrected everything and laying a specific color over everything so it meets your brand. Now from there, now that the color is complete, I have to go and I actually have to, from your interview, your audio, I have to tweak it and make sure it sounds good. So there's various things that I do. Because we're on location, not every audio situation is ideal. So there's times that there are echo because maybe the room we're in that, you know, you've been able to provide to us isn't the right room. You know, it's just natural things. Like you're not going to acoustically treat, you know, your conference room or your office. It's just not something that's going to happen. So I have to do my best to make that work. So now I go through with the audio and I basically get rid of the echo. I get rid of any low frequency noises, any high frequency noises. I help, you know, use the equalizer to help your voice and make sure your voice sounds more present and everything sounds good. Um, and I do this for every single clip that you would be speaking in. And then I go back and I, we have that music. And what I do is I, I duck the music. So as you talk, the music drops down. And then as you stop talking, the music goes back up. Not obnoxiously, but like slightly. This way we can hear you a little more clearer and then I basically make sure I, we call it the industry term is normalized, but basically I make sure all the levels are the same um, or where they're supposed to be. So like music's a little lower versus voice is a little higher. And I make sure everything is leveled out correctly. So I do all of that in this post-production process. So there's a lot going on here before you actually get the video. Um, 
And it may seem like a lot, like, I mean, like you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's not about being like a perfectionist. It's about like, like if you, if you watched a video where you hadn't done that color correction and, you know, the audio editing and, and, and the normalization and all that, like compared to when you have, you would notice a great difference in the video, you know, like how it sounded and how it looked. And, and again, like you mentioned, like matching your brand, you know, we want to give you the highest quality, most professional looking video mm-hmm. we can give you because that is an extension of your brand. And so that's why this stuff is so important. Well, and one thing too, with the audio, like, you know, one thing you really have to keep in mind, you know, anybody listening is understand that like, you know, as important as the visuals are, you could have the most beautiful video in the world and have horrible audio and nobody's going to watch it because Mm -hmm. the the audio is just not tolerable. So, you know, the, the two things when we get out on a location that we're in production that we're always trying to like constantly have a good grip on is the visuals you know, is everything looking correct? Like you're not too bright, you're not too dark, everything's the right color. And then also on top of that is the the sound. And that's part of the reason why when we do an interview, we light everything from the ground up. We like to make sure that our, you know, our, our actual audio for that is being mixed a specific way. And even though it is being mixed a specific way and we're doing it correctly, there's still things we have to tweak in post-production to make it right. You know, now would you... Would you notice it? Maybe, maybe not. But the thing is, you've hired a professional to do your work. And that's what you're going to get. Nothing less than professional from us. And that's what we do. You know, just like if I was to go to, you know, a mechanic and have my car tuned up or get worked on in my car, I wouldn't expect to leave there and still hear noises coming from my car. I would expect that when my car leaves, everything sounds like it did the day I rolled it off the lot. You know, and if it doesn't sound right, then I go back to them and say, hey, my wheel's making this weird squeaking noise. I thought you took care of this. So that's something you have to keep in mind. You know, we're a professional. We're trying to handle this for you. So after we've done all that, you know, then we actually get you the files. But I guess still staying consistent with the pricing aspect of this, let's look at post-production. Typically, post-production for us is more expensive than production. So if we were looking at the higher end, which was $1,800 for production, post-production is probably at least 2000 to 2200 on the low end. And the higher end of post-production would probably be around $2,600. So if you were to take the, you know, the $1,800, the $800, the $600, and now this, what would we be looking at, Kathy, since you have the calculator out? Okay, so we said, what was it, 1800 and Yep. Uh, plus. Plus 800 and 600. These are all the high ends. Um, we're at 3200 So, so. 3200 for your high-end explainer video. So That's not right, though, because we did, the, it was like 40-some hundred before. <laughs> oh, was it? Wait, okay, so I know like for my part, like for pre-production, it was like 600. Yes. And then what was it for the strategy? Oh, it was 800 for the strategy. 800 plus... 18. 1800, that's what I missed. Plus, plus 2800? 2800, there it is, 6000. Okay, so, okay, actually let's do, let's do 2600. So that'd be what, 5800? Wait, what was the last number I added? Thirty-two hundred. Yeah. Oh no, no. So it should have been. Hold on. It should be. Hold on. 
This is like drunk math. I know. That's how I feel too. So we, we have 800 plus 600 plus 1800 plus um, 2600 is 5800. So yeah. do you want to say, so we'd be at about 5800? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. So we'd be, according to my very handy cell phone calculator, we'd be at about 5800 on the high end. Okay, so we're at about 5,800, which this is a high-end explainer. So things to think about with this is a lot of strategy went into this. Um, we are interviewing multiple people. We are maybe using a voiceover. So Kathy did a lot of script work. We brought a small team out with us of at least four people. So we have, you know, two videographers, a grip, a producer, post-production. We're doing a lot of, you know, we're editing those interviews. We're um, assembling this thing. We're doing everything I talked about with color correcting, audio, you know, elements, graphics. So this is a high-end video. You know, this, this might be, and also with production, we might've gone multiple locations as well. So there's a lot of things that are factoring into this $5,800. Now, this is not uncommon. I can tell you that we did a, um, a brand video for a salon that was around that price. And there were a lot of interviews uh, we didn't change a lot of locations, but there was definitely um, a lot of B-roll that was captured, and there was a lot of pre-production, um, in-person meetings when those were still a thing, and uh, strategy that went into all of that. So that was about, you know, I think around $5,800 to $6,000. So it's not uncommon. It definitely, you know, can be something that, you know, you would be looking at. Now, going from post-production, something that we don't always have, but sometimes we do, is implementation. So we have some clients that are just like, we don't want to implement these videos. We don't know what to do with them. You do it for us. Yeah. So we'll, you know, kind of talk, think about like, you know, what, one thing we do too is when we get a cut of a video, we'll often do multiple versions. So, you know, depending on the platform, that's one thing that we really spend a lot of time on too is video marketing and, and learning about video marketing as, as you've heard, you know, in our other podcasts. So we won't just put the same version of the video on every single platform, you know, from, from little things where like you want to make sure that the call to action at the end makes sense. Like if you're on your website, it shouldn't say visit our website at the end to learn more. You know, we like to change at least the, um, the, the call to action at the end where it's like, if it's on Facebook or a social media platform, like direct message us. Um, so those are some things we think about maybe cutting shorter or longer versions, depending on the platform. Not that, not that social media always requires a really quick, short video. That's something we've also talked about in video length. Um, so just really thinking about like where this video would be best served and, and the platform and keeping that in mind and really matching that up to, you know, whatever um, file and, and version that we've created. Another thing too, that we look at with implementation is like, we have a client right now that they're basically creating a YouTube channel. We actually have two clients that are doing that. So one of the things that we're doing for them is we're actually looking up all the tags. We're looking up good titles. We're looking up, you know, like best time to post. We're even doing research on what's trending. So we're coming up with all these things for them that we're going to either use in, you know, the strategy for implementation, or we're using it um, down the road for implementation. So we'll do that a lot of times is we'll actually schedule out and launch their videos for them. And we, we basically do all the back end work for them. So that can vary depending on what needs to be done. But I would say implementation, if you're 
looking for a company to handle that for you, I mean, it's very similar to social media management, but I mean, you're probably looking at anywhere between probably 400 to um, maybe even 800 a month. And I mean, it could be higher. And the reason I say 400 is because there is a lot of research that goes into launching a video on YouTube. There, there's equally as much, you know, and actually it goes, a lot of it's in the actual strategy phase, but there's stuff that you still have to do in the implementation for phase. So keep that in mind. So like, um, I would say now taking that, so if we say 800, let's say we're doing quite a few videos here um, and maybe we're helping this brand like launch their video as well. So like maybe we cut this up into multiple videos. Maybe we're helping them launch one video. Maybe we're helping them by putting it on Wistia, which is another platform that we actually have a membership to, which basically allows us to embed videos on their website with call to actions. So if you were to add 800 to our 5,800, you're looking at $6,600 for this video. So you can see it adds up fairly quickly. Um, so that's just one thing to really keep in mind is, you know, and, and I really do want to harp on the fact that we really don't want to come off. And, and if we do, I do apologize as like um, ranting or complaining because that's really not the point. The whole point of this very long episode was to really help you understand like what goes into all of this because there, there is a lot. And I think there's a misconception that either there's not a lot or there's way more than there actually is. And we kind of want to get you in the middle of understanding what that is. So thinking back to when we started and what I told you all to kind of keep in mind, um, think about that. Were you over or were you under? Did you expect everything we talked about? Did you expect that price? Did you, now granted the, the lower end, I stayed away from that. Um, because I wanted to give you worst case scenario. So it could be less than this. You know, you might've been hearing this and saying, I don't need you to do implementation or I don't want multiple, you know, interviews in my, my video. But that kind of goes back to, you know, all those things that can adjust, you know, can, um, can uh, affect the price, you know, like the number of interviews you have, the number of locations you have, um, you know, the number of changes you have. Mm -hmm. Some of those are the, are the top, top things that can affect costs. You know, that's a great point, Kathy. I really think that's one thing that a lot of people don't really think about is like, there are things that outside of just the actual cost of, you know, us having to pay for hours and even equipment cost, people don't think about like when you do change multiple locations, now you're talking about, you know, jumping back in the car, you know, having to drive someplace else. So there's gas, you know, you're also talking about a teardown and a setup. So you're tearing down the last location and you're setting up your new location. So there's a lot of things that you really need to start to consider when you're looking at, you know, things like that. And even like the changes, like when you make a change to the video, like, you know, that's somebody that's got to go back and they have to reopen the file and they have to spend time going through your changes, you know, and making sure that they're doing everything correctly. You know, and there's times that like, it might require more than just what you've written. It might require clarification. So now you got to actually email that person and say, Hey, I understand this, you know, can you please explain it to me? And, you know, you're not, you might not get back to somebody right away. So now that project gets saved, closed, and now you have to wait for that person to respond. So there, there's a lot of things that do factor into this. And I feel like, you know, anybody that's listening, just think about your business. Think about the things that, you know, might, you know, cause you to have to charge more money for your service. Or maybe, you know, if you have a product, maybe there's products that cost more money because there's more involved that when you had to build it, or maybe, 
it does more things. Or maybe you have to have a warranty for your product because, you know, more people have been coming back to you and saying like, oh, this broke or that broke. So you're having to charge things to try and basically cover your time or your costs. So think about that when you're working with a video producer. You know, once again, we're not trying to rant here, just really trying to explain to you and, and help you understand, you know, the process that we go through. And hopefully that'll help you down the road when you have to hire somebody. Yeah, again, you, like Bill said, we just want this information to be helpful. We really want you to help, you know, understand that, you know, not not only to have more success with your videos that you're creating, but also just, you know, help educate you for when you do work with other professionals. So the more you learn and understand the video marketing process, the easier it'll be to work with somebody else. And, you know, that way you can focus more on your strategy and less on trying to learn how video works. So, that's why we really encourage you to send us your thoughts, questions. We're happy to answer any other questions or discuss any other topics that you want to hear about on the podcast. You can contact us at info at flexmediacle.com or feel free to hit us up on social media channels. We're at flexmediacle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, everyone. Thank you for listening. Um, this episode of The More You Know is sponsored by Flex Media. Um, but, uh, no, like, honestly, just let us know how we're doing. Rate us, leave us a review on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. Those of you that are listening on Alexa, I know there's a lot of you because I'm seeing it on the, the actual like data and the stats. So feel free, find a way to leave us some, you know, information. Let us know. How are we doing? Tell us, we want to do better for you. Also, if you haven't subscribed, make sure to subscribe because this way you get notified the next time we come out with another episode. You know, we really thank you guys for listening and we just hope to keep bringing you this information and we appreciate you guys for continuously downloading and trying to follow along. So thanks so much and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap. 